0: This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, with hosts Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page, a podcast dedicated to free-thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. Here we go once again. <laughs> Did I startle you?
1: Yeah, God you could kind of tell when my eyes bugged out of my head. Yeah,
0: you, you shuddered like I just scared you. Episode 65 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am the aforementioned Dollamore, Jesse Dollamore. And sitting frightfully across from me is the lovely co-host Brittany Page. Here I am. There you are.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: So as every episode we try to start off with a little whimsical intro and sometimes we we have a, a little talk about Brittany and I introducing ourselves to the audience um hopefully to ingratiate ourselves to you the listener and oftentimes we we give little details of one of of ourselves
1: typically involving taking a crap on me.
0: Oh, no, no, it's not.
1: Yeah, generally. Well, it's
0: going to be again this week. Okay, but yeah. Last week, it was how different we are, and we'll get to the results of what everybody, what the conclusions were about the germaphobe shit that you are, mm, that you have.
1: The germaphobe shit, right.
0: Yeah, and this week, I wanted to kind of continue that informal series and talk about how cheap You are.
1: Mm, mm -hmm. I'm cheap.
0: You know you're cheap.
1: Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I often do this thing where I'll look at a product and I, (laughs) I, I pick a price in my head that I'll pay for it. And if it's above that price, then I won't pay for it. And I know this is probably, oh, yeah, I do that too. Lots of people do that. Well, my prices are very unreasonable. They're,
0: <laughs> they are below yard sale market value <laughs> prices for brand new products. You'll see like a nice wallet, and I I can't think of actual times that this has happened, but let's say a wallet, a nice men's wallet that's like 80 or or
1: $100. Yeah, I'd pay $5 for that. Yeah,
0: and it's always like, $80, I'd pay $4.99 for that. <laughs> and so it's off limits and even if it's a product she wants, if it doesn't align with her weird yard sale economics, she will not purchase the product it's true you it's bizarre to me it you your cheapness your shrewdness is it rivals my stepdad's
1: no no yes. no that's bad
0: no when listen when i when I was in boot camp, because I was in the United States Marine Corps.
1: Jesse was a Marine, everybody.
0: <laughs> well, you don't have access to, you don't have like a phone you can just call home. You, they bring you to the payphone at designated times, sometimes by surprise, but they bring you to the payphones, your, your drill instructors, and you call collect home or to whomever you want to call. You don't have phone cards and shit, and you, you don't have a wallet. You have nothing. Right. You are nothing. You're scum. Yeah. So I, several times during boot camp and even subsequent training after that, I would call collect home. Well, my stepdad, I didn't know this until after I got out of boot camp, that he had kept a tally of those collect calls, and I was subsequently charged for them. Ouch. Yeah. On I had like a ledger of owed money and that was that was added to the tally and I had to pay back.
1: So you got home from boot camp tired and worn out and exhausted well, and it, just having been through hell yeah. and you're ready to kind of be back home and relax yeah, and I, then he presents you with a bill for all of the calls that you made home. Yeah. Well, guess what I could have just not called. Is yeah. that what you would have preferred?
0: Yeah, it didn't really matter.
1: <laughs> Apparently not.
0: So you are much like my stepfather.
1: No, I'm not that. Mm-hmm. I'm not that hateful. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't assign it the the moniker of hateful. I think. Well, you know, you know what I think. I think I'm getting the point across that I'm not a giant fan. But he wasn't hateful. He's just has a fucking very warped sensibility and perspective on raising kids. I guess I don't know. Right, I'm terrible. not. I'm
1: not sure what to call it, but either way, it's negative. It's dickish. Yeah, it's not. It's <laughs> not a good thing. So I wouldn't go that far to say that I'm that bad, but I am cheap, and I will admit that, and that's my own thing that I have going on.
0: <laughs> it, it, it even, it even permeates in. Well, because I'm the opposite. I'm not cheap. I'm even when it's a detriment to me. Sometimes I will be very, very giving. And, and it's not a, it's not a matter of not being, I guess I'm saying it wrong because you're not selfish. You're just cheap. But there are times when I go to tip on the bill at a restaurant, let's say, and I notice out of my periphery that you are giving me the crook eye, the eagle eye from across the table to see exactly how much I tip.
1: Yeah. See, this is going to (laughs) make me sound hateful. Um... (laughs) Let's just go back to how cheap I am with myself because, (laughs) (laughs) like recently, for example, so I have this shirt and I was wearing it. Oh yeah. And Jesse made a comment to me while I was wearing it. He said, "There's a hole in the back of it."
0: Yeah, I noticed the. It's like a a, not mesh and not lace, but
1: it's like crocheted kind of
0: intricately um, woven shirt.
1: Right. And it had a giant hole in it, which is not going to be fixable because of the material. And I was super bummed about it.
0: And, well, you were inordinately bummed about it. And I was like, well, oh, well, when did you get that shirt? How long have you had the shirt? To which you replied.
1: (laughs) Over a decade.
0: Over 10 years she had the (laughs) shirt. Finally, there's a hole in it. And she was almost heartbroken. Is that? Do you think it's because of your the sentimentality?
1: No, not to at the all. the shirt? No, I just, I never buy clothes. I never buy yeah. new things. I just, if it's still good to go, then I'm going to wear it, and I don't really need to be spending money right, on new right. things. Like, I'm just kind of weird like that. Yeah. I don't know.
0: And I am actually, we are opposite in a lot of ways. I am exactly the opposite. Yeah, not you so much anymore, have- but I've got...
1: You have way more clothes than me. You have like three times the shoes that I do. Yeah.
0: I also gave... And what's weird is... Well, anymore I don't wear... I'm a shorts and flip-flops guy all the time. But at one point, you know, I, I dressed for work or whatever. So I own many, 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 many suits. Many, 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 many sport coats. Lots of trousers. I mean, maybe what? 20 sport coats?
1: I don't know. You're just a clothes hoarder.
0: Right. And... I'm a little fatter than I was at that point, so only about (laughs) half of them fit me correctly. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I hope to get back down and to be able to wear them again. Yes. So. We'll see. So on to the aforementioned uh, polling results that very, very unscientific, not really even polling, we just kind of wanted to get a gauge from the audience. And I kind of got thrown under the fucking bus as far as I'm concerned because... (laughs) The question was not posed correctly. And some of the people, there's no way they listened to the previous episode because I conceded that it was more correct to sneeze into your elbow or into your arm than into your hand because of these experts that you obviously were taught in elementary school who went gave you assemblies on how not to spread disease.
1: Okay. Excuse me. No, because for a long time, I tried to tell you that the CDC has messages up about where to cough or sneeze. And you did not believe me. So first I had to prove that we had to get over many hurdles. Right. Right. So the original question was whether or not it was right to do it in your hand or in your elbow. But then it kind of transitioned when you realized Yeah, the CDC does have a thing on their website that says that. Right. So there is a right and wrong way to spread disease. And so then you turn the question into, well, which way were you taught? Yes. And Brett's response to that question was my favorite, where he said that he was taught to cough into his hand, but then he realized how disgusting that was. (laughs) And now the correct way is in the elbow.
0: Yeah. And it's overwhelming. It is overwhelming, the response that I'm fucking wrong and gross.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But you got to <laughs> keep in mind, and I, I don't disagree with that. I, I will, I'll, I'll take my lumps for sure. But I'm just going back to, I was always just taught, cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze. Cover your mouth. Cover your mouth. So, of course, in my, my youthful wisdom and lack thereof i used the closest thing which was my fucking hand right (laughs) so apparently i'm responsible for the rampant spread of disease and pestilence in the united states
1: that does not surprise me
0: yeah so there we are once again jesse is a jackass moving along um not speaking of jackass Uh, frequent show, I don't know, contributor or he's contributed a couple times. So Marius, um, our Norwegian listener, I don't know if he's our sole Norwegian listener, but thanks for, for being there representing Scandinavia, brother. He wanted, um, to point out a a mistake that I made. And actually, as soon as we turned off the mics last episode related to our, our pedophile talk, um, that's, that's a weird sentence. Um, britney corrected me too I, I i asserted that being attracted to children does not make you a, a pedophile just the thoughts in your head does not make you a pedophile the act of molestation the molesting a child or raping a child makes you a pedophile
1: and Marius said a little well actually for you pedophilia is the attraction to children not the act itself
0: and he was right
1: yeah and that is true um and i i was going to say it but i was kind of like well you're you're trying to make a point i, I you weren't right. really trying to it kind of came out the wrong way cuz i knew what you meant yeah yeah but cuz you were implying that
0: well the spirit of what i was saying was that it's Although it's not good for someone to be attracted to children, if they're not raping or molesting children, there's still there is still time for an intervention for intervention for them to get psychological help right. to try to do something to curb the, that appetite that that strange perverse desire. Right. So, um, but in the spirit um, of of truth and honesty and forthcoming, if we make a mistake and I say something that's dumb, which is gonna fucking happen for sure. <laughs> um we want to correct the mistake so pedophilia is the desire for children the sexual interest Yeah. yeah so so thank you marius appreciate it very much
1: and this is why this kind of stuff is good as well. And we like to do that. We like to be corrected because the whole premise of the show is furthering the conversation. And we talk about things. We want your opinion about things. Because yeah. this is how conversation is supposed to go. People are supposed to say, hey, what you just said is not it's right. exactly
0: right. It's a back and forth.
1: Yeah. And then you're supposed to say, oh, yeah, let me look into that. Hey, well, you're right. I'm going to change what I said. Like, that's what's supposed to happen.
0: It is also... One of the reasons that I don't like to just hit it and quit it related to a topic, that even if uh, we talked about something three or four episodes ago, if someone has something that they want to talk about shit, even if something 20, 30 episodes ago that we talked about, if someone's catching up on the show and, and listening to things later, we don't mind readdressing stuff because it's part of a conversation. That conversation's nothing that we've talked about is over. The conversation still continues. And if you have something you'd like to contribute, call 657-464-7609. You can call. You can text that number. The the conversation continues. Right. So speaking of the pedophile thing, I may have been a jackass and incorrect in my remarks, but at least I wasn't fucking John Grisham.
1: Right. John Grisham was in the news a couple of days ago because he said, quote, we have prisons now filled with guys my age, 60 year old white men in prison who have never harmed anybody. He said he went on to say vague things about how yeah, someone might go weird. about looking at child pornography. He said that um, there are men in prison who, quote, got online one night who, quote, probably had too much to drink and ended up on a child pornography website.
0: There's been... Listen. Um, What? Let me say that there have been many nights that I've gone online after having too much to drink and I, this might be anecdotal, but I have never stumbled upon a child porn website. And John Grisham, for those of you who don't know, he's a very famous author. He writes crime novels, lawyer, the firm... The Pelican Brief, A Time to Kill, A Time to Kill, uh, Rainmaker, all those legal dramas. He's, you know, he's a prolific uh, fiction writer. He's also an attorney, but so so he's not a dumb man. It just makes me, what the fuck was going on inside of his head for him to blather on these these ridiculous assertions?
1: Well, he said that happened to his friend, apparently. Mm, so so his,
0: his friend just happened right upon a. Ch- I wouldn't know where to go for a child porn website.
1: That's the thing. I mean, did he get drunk and then Google child pornography? I mean, how did he accident I mean, like yeah. what was he doing? There's yeah. not like going to be an ad for child pornography on the Facebook homepage. I don't uh, know.
0: <laughs> I, if he's trying to elicit uh if he's trying to elicit sympathy from the public like, "Oh, the poor white guy, the poor middle-aged white guy sitting in jail because he is Going on child porn websites, which is going to, like I said, I've said this before, it sustains the demand for that product. If there's a demand for that product, it's going to be continued to be created, which is going to continue to victimize torture, rape, molestation, victimization of young, innocent children. So, fuck his friend.
1: Well, and whatever, whatever's happening in the child pornography is inappropriate and is not supposed to be viewed by whoever it's being viewed by. So that's also a problem. But apparently he said that his friend from law school, that's who he's talking about. Right. He served time in prison for downloading child pornography. So it's not just that he like stumbled upon a website or photos or something weird. He actually downloaded the child pornography. Now, that's a problem, because how do you accidentally do that? Even if you're drunk, there's something going on there. So he said, "quote These are people who haven't hurt anybody. They deserve some type of punishment, whatever. But ten years in prison? Yeah, you know, indicating that that's too much.
0: I I don't know that it is. If if you are if you're if you're contributing to that market, you are a fucking monster, and you need to be taken out of the equation."
1: So he said, "I have no sympathy for real pedophiles." God please lock these people up But so many of these guys do not deserve Harsh prison sentences And that's what they're getting So of course this resulted in tremendous backlash And it was a problem For many people So he of course issued an apology He's so sorry for his genuine opinion That he feels That he needs to issue an apology After there's tremendous outrage by the public And he fears that people won't buy his novels Or see his movies That's right. He says quote Anyone who harms a child for profit or pleasure or who in any way participates in child pornography, online or otherwise, should be punished to the full extent of the law. My comments made two days ago during an interview with the British newspaper The Telegraph were in no way intended to show sympathy for those convicted of sex crimes, especially the sexual molestation of children. I can think of nothing more despicable.
0: You know, it's all this is except this, for two
1: days ago when he didn't have a problem with it.
0: right <laughs> this, this this is always the way it works the the initial comments are are kind of just thrown together and very casual it's always the apology that is well written well spoken very intellectually put together right it's, it's structured perfectly it covers all the finer points very nuanced but uh, you know, well, there's a lot of white guys out there who just get drunk and happen upon the Herbert there, and they're sitting in prison. Come on, goddamn!
1: I know it's insane. It's really insane.
0: So again, my my talent for <laughs> my talent for segues, uh, notwithstanding, there will be no segue here. This is, I think, it needs to be a smash cut to this story because it's just so hilarious. Apparently, there is a, a movement out there, a socialist movement, an organization, that is, I tell you what, you do your job, I'll do mine.
1: A socialist party that wants to raise the federal minimum wage to $20 per hour is currently advertising a job for an experienced web developer paying $13 per hour.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, one more time. One more time. Say it again. Because it's just that good.
1: A socialist party that wants to raise the federal minimum wage to $20 per hour is currently advertising a job paying $13 per hour. (laughs) The party is the Freedom Socialist Party, and they own the rights to the domain name socialist.com. This month... The Freedom Socialist Party placed an ad on both Indeed.com and Craigslist seeking a part-time web content manager in Seattle. The job pays $13 per hour or more, maybe, if you are really good.
0: Okay, so what's great about this is they're advocating, they are politically active in advocating that someone who works at McDonald's make $20 an hour yet they want someone with experience in technical matters, they want to pay them $13 an hour.
1: Right. <laughs> and this is this is what you'll need for their job as the web content manager. You need familiarity with HTML, CSS, and Photoshop. Goddamn. Okay. And you'll also need the ability to self-manage and problem-solve independently. Proficiency in Spanish and social media as well as an interest in ongoing political events are desirable, and absolutely no telecommuting.
0: So if you work at McDonald's, you're worth $20 an hour, according to this group. But if you have marketable technological skills, you're only worth 13
1: Right. I wonder what their explanation is here for how they champion that all corporations should be paying their employees $20 an hour when this.
0: Their, their, their own group. Yeah. Doesn't they, want to pay that they much. They don't
1: want to pay that much. So so what is going on there?
0: Well, they also, they yanked the job listings as quickly as this controversy sparked up. So they're just, they're fucking hypocrites is what it is like many many people in the political realm both right and left they're hypocrites and it's it's and it's also it's it's telling that a $20 minimum wage isn't workable a $15 minimum wage is not workable it's just not i wonder how much <laughs> i wonder how much the restaurant worker made who was there when Obama had his credit card declined.
1: I'm not sure, but (laughs) yes, President Obama had his credit card declined.
0: Super, super funny story. Where was this?
1: The restaurant is called Estella, and it's in downtown Manhattan. And apparently Barack Obama and Michelle Obama were in town for the president's speech to the United Nations General Assembly in September. So this was just last month. Yeah. And... They dined on... Do you want to know what they ate? Mm-hmm. Burrata with salsa verde and charred bread, plus a salad with walnuts and anchovies.
0: Mm. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm not shitting on Obama here. I think it's funny. It's also an interesting insight into the life of a president, into the life of a head of, of the most powerful country on the planet. Because, he, I mean, there's a scene in American President where Michael Douglas who's the president of the United States, is trying to buy flowers for Annette Benning. And he, first, he, he can't even, they give him a line out. He can't, he doesn't know how to deal with the person on the phone. He he doesn't know where his credit cards are. He tries to just get him to bill it to the White House. Those, that seems like a real thing. Because the president of the United States isn't taking his family on summer vacations to the Grand Canyon and uses using his credit card all the time and apparently that's what happened with this he doesn't use his card so when he went to use it the credit card sem- company said fucking nope this this seems fucking shady we're gonna shut this shit down
1: right and then he went on to say that luckily michelle had her credit card so she right. could pay right. and he said that he was trying to explain to the waitress that he really has been paying his bills
0: it's It's funny on many levels, one, because he's black and there's that whole stereotype about blacks not paying their bills and it's funny there, but just think how embarrassing he must have, how embarrassed he must have been that... I wonder what she's thinking. What is, oh my God. You know what I mean? Well,
1: even for the waitress to have to bring back
0: a oh, rejected yeah. <laughs> credit
1: card receipt, like here you go, President Obama, your credit card was declined. Do you have another one, sir? Well, because
0: they can't, no, no shit. I, I can't imagine. I, I, that must be awkward for bringing it back to a normal citizen, a right. regular person, right. to bring it back to the most powerful man on the, on the planet. The president of the United States, arguably maybe the most famous man on the planet, and say, um, uh, "Yeah, do, do you have another car?"
1: Right, and so he was. He told this story when he was trying to use his own experience as evidence of the extent of consumer fraud and why people need protection. Because he signed some legislation recently yeah. to contribute to increasing that protection. Yeah,
0: I hope the story's true. I really do. I think that's. Me too, and if it's not, it's
1: still a great story, so there you go.
0: Well, we can make up lots of stories that are great stories. Yeah, we can. This next story, although, we did not make up, and I want to, well, Brittany admonished me to apologize in advance to loyal listener, Burnt Reynolds, because he's not going to be happy.
2: We want to get right to your email. Pat, this first one is from Hope, who says, My sister wants to throw a Halloween party for the children in our family, but I'm a Christian woman and want to continue to instill these values in my children and grandchild, so I don't let them participate in trick-or-treating or or costumes. My family feels like I'm stopping my kids' fun. Will it be wrong to let them go to the party and buy them costumes and just don't let them trick-or-treat? Please help, because I don't want to see
1: them upset.
3: All right, Halloween uh, is a uh, festival for demonic spirits. <laughs> the whole idea of trick or treating, the druids um, would go to somebody's house and ask for money, and if they didn't get money, they'd kill one of their sheep. I mean, that was the the trick, uh, you know. So, I mean, it was serious stuff, and it was also uh, all this business about goblins and jack o' lanterns and all that. All comes out of demonic. Uh, uh, rituals of the druids and the people who lived in England at that particular time. I think churches can have Halloween parties. You can bob for apples and do stuff like that and and turn it into a Christian uh, festival. And that's what we ought to do. We need to redeem these days. But that day was given over to satanic thing.
0: So as goofy as that is, that is not uncommon at all.
1: Yeah, that freaks me out a little bit.
0: I grew up, not to go back to my childhood that many times in one show, but I grew up in a household. I mean, early on with a single mother, through my late childhood with a single mother, and you know, it seemed like every other year we were allowed to trick or treat, depending on what what relationship she had with the church at the time, or her per, what, where her personal walk with Jesus Christ was. And there were times when, well, it was it was directly related to the demon relationship or the the satanic uh, influences on Halloween. That it's you can't go door to door asking for candy as a cultural thing because Satan, it's Satan's holiday. Right. We also, I grew up not being allowed to watch um, the Care Bears.
1: Well of course because
0: they cast spells and shot demon spells out of their stomachs or and, whatever the fuck they did.
1: And it would come through the TV and get you.
0: Right. Well they still <laughs> they still believe that Harry Potter is off limits because it is opening the door for Satan and witchcraft. Yikes. Total yikes because th- th- all that means is they really believe in magic. They believe there are warlocks and witches who can cast spells, and that's fucking insane. <laughs> I mean, it it is very close to insanity. Yeah. Goddamn.
1: It's a little scary. But it, it does remind me of a, probably where I got my cheapness from, because... Oh,
0: <laughs> you're back full circle here.
1: When I was younger i was a gorilla for like the first several years of my life for halloween probably right. starting at like 6 i guess because it was all through elementary school and i think maybe into 6th grade that i was a gorilla and it was an awesome gorilla suit full body gorilla suit with a giant gorilla mask nice and it was awesome because it <laughs> it kept me it kept me warm while i went trick or treating right and it was so sad because I wore it every year, and then I started to grow out of it. And it became really short, and I couldn't wear it anymore, and I would have worn it... I'd probably still be wearing it every Halloween if it w- would fit me.
0: Right, because you're cheap. Right. And you don't want to buy a new costume. Right. Which isn't really affecting us now in our search for Halloween costumes. Um, It's just we aren't able to fucking find what we're looking for.
1: No, I'm also just keeping my... Sadness over having to buy a costume a secret.
0: What, what do you mean?
1: Because I'm cheap. Oh, right. <laughs> I haven't been letting you know that I don't want to buy one. Right. Because of my cheapness. I'm just doing well, it because we have to.
0: Let's just go as with previous year's costumes. Our last year Viking costumes would be great this year. Yeah, they would. I mean, the priest and nun costume wouldn't be so great because I have a giant red beard it wouldn't really tie in right but it would certainly work for the fucking viking thing yeah it would well i'm i'm down for that so you just let me know all right so we're gonna stick with the same theme sorry to get off on a little track there that's a conversation we probably could have had off mic but um a north carolina pastor we're sticking with the pastor theme but we're moving into the ebola territory had some some well i guess expected things to say
1: his name is Pastor Ron Beatty. Yeah. Which is a great name. <laughs> and he belongs to the Berrien Baptist Church.
0: Baptist, North Carolina. Right. They go hand in hand.
1: Right. And he is not very happy about the latest gay marriage sit, <laughs>
3: Of course.
1: And apparently is making a connection between gay marriage and Ebola. <laughs>
3: I'd hate to think that a bull in a pasture and a cow has more sense than a PhD in a university. I'd hate to think that two skunks in the backyard are smarter than a judge that's supposed to have studied the laws of the land and able to interpret the laws. Isn't it amazing for 150 plus years we've had the laws and many of the same laws on the book and all of a sudden we're supposed to have had a vision overnight at how dumb we were all of those years and now the things that even put laws in place that said homosexuality is breaking the law is now putting so called laws in place saying that it's okay, that it's a lifestyle that's acceptable in our society. Listen, we're not getting wiser. We're getting dumber. We're not getting smarter. My friend, we are meriting. We are bringing. The judgment of God on this nation, as sure as Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, don't be surprised at the plagues. Don't be surprised at the judgment of God. You think Ebola is bad now? Just wait. If it's not that, it's going to be something else. My friend, I want you to understand, you can't thumb your nose at God and God turn his head away without God getting your attention.
0: Wow. Wow. These type of assholes never cease to amaze me. They never stop freaking me out. I'm never surprised, or I'm never... I'm always surprised every single time that I hear these idiots talk. Super Ebola? Is that what I mean? You can't thumb your nose at God because he is so jealous and vengeful and spiteful, and immature, that he is going to send a plague to kill innocent people.
1: I don't know if this sentence was in there, because I could hardly understand half of what he was saying. (laughs) But he says, where rogue judges have gone against the will of the ministry, and made America a country where there's totalitarianism. And that is very uh, dumb to say. Yeah, <laughs> they've gone against the ministry, what you want them to believe, and the doctrine that you want put onto this country.
0: That's exactly right.
1: It's what? What are you talking about?
0: He's. I mean, it's funny. It's hilarious. But the sad thing is that he has a congregation of followers. He has people who believe everything he says. As though he's a conduit from God to God. That he's a he's a straight line, phone line to Jesus himself.
1: Yeah, he says, quote, If you think that for one skinny minute God is going to stand idly by and allow this to go forward without repercussions, you better back up and rethink the situation. Right. This is another logical thing I love about these people because God's going to take care of it. You just said he's going to take care of it you're good you believe the right stuff yeah you're living how you need to live so what are you worried about
0: well it's also the, the let god take care of it in the beginning of it he says you know uh, for 150 years we've known the duh, and you think you're so smart that you know more than we've known for 150 years um that's fucking exactly what i'm saying because 150 years ago was 1846 And we were embroiled in a civil war over whether one man can own another man. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of shit that has gone on within the last 150 years, asswipe, that we know is wrong. It was illegal in your very state constitution, the North Carolina Constitution, for a white man to marry a black woman or a or a black man to marry a white woman. So there are many things many too many to fucking talk about that were illegal in your state that have nothing to do with the government.
1: Right, I I'm going to keep reading quotes cuz as I keep reading through this it just gets oh, yeah. it gets really good. So Bring he it says, on. "quote There was never a cow going around, slobbering on another cow, sending a signal that I'm in love with this cow. And when the bull got in the pasture, we didn't have to give them a course in bullology or cowology. They had an inborn nature. They knew exactly and precisely what they needed to do to make sure that the Beatty family had cows 20 years from now.
3: Ooh. Yeah.
4: Um... I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he he seriously is mentally deficient. He's not a smart man. And what happens with these type of guys is they grow up in this environment and they grow up, his dad was probably a pastor, and he heard the, the, the fire and brimstone pastoring and the god talk and all the weirdo fucking cadence and the weird shit that they talk about. And so it just became, he just practiced that. He's just imitating what he learned. Because intellectually, he's not a smart man, as evidenced by everything you've read and what we just heard.
1: Well, and he's also doing that thing where he's talking about, you think, oh, bol- you think Ebola's bad now? Just wait. Well, the people that had Ebola, that came back, the first people that were back in America that right. we helped, were Christians who were serving missions, trying to help people that had Ebola, and right. then they got Ebola. So God's giving them Ebola to punish America for About, gay that's marriage. right. right. Mm, yeah, okay. It makes a lot of sense. yeah
0: M- more on this issue of of Ebola hysteria. And a neighboring state, the South Carolina, the former general counsel for the South Carolina Republican Party. His name is Todd Kincannon. He and I had a little back and forth on Twitter this week. I asked him on the show, and uh, he tried to belittle the show and my audience. Um, anyway, he, this is a guy. Do you have the tweets there? This is a guy who was advocating that if someone gets diagnosed with Ebola, that they need to be humanely euthanized immediately. So he's calling for the killing of innocent people who have contracted a treatable disease, who have a treatable medical condition. Now, granted, right now, the survivability is 30 percent 70 percent of people who contract the disease are dying but he's just a hillbilly is what he is who happens to have a law degree he purported has a law degree
1: i i think he's a troll
0: yeah he, i i don't I, do I don't
1: think anything that he tweets is genuine i don't think anything that he says is genuine i don't believe that someone can say the things that he says and be serious so i believe that he is a troll
0: well, I asked him on the show, and I, I said, would you like to talk about um, your stance about euthanasia of people who have a, a a legitimate, treatable medical condition? And he said, I'm sorry. Are you relevant? Something like that. And I said, well, I said, uh, no, need, no need to be sorry, Todd. My audience of thousands appears to believe I am relevant. And then he comes back snarkily with thousands, LOL. He typed LOL, because apparently he's a 15-year-old girl. Uh, thousands LOL. I was on Colbert last week. Which is great, because he's so fucking stupid that he doesn't understand that Stephen Colbert has him on the show solely to make fun of him.
1: Right. Well, again, I just think he's a troll. I don't think he's being genuine. So I think he maybe he is also being... Like a funny person trying to make fun of Republicans. I honestly do not believe that he is really. how he is. I just don't know, well,
0: but he he legitimately was the general counsel for this for the South Carolina Republican Party. yeah,
1: that may have been the past. Now he's a troll.
0: I don't know for
1: a living now he's a troll. He
0: also has fifty eight thousand Twitter followers who were retweeting and favoriting that all this interaction between he and I. He's I believe he's just a a, a stupid, stupid man.
1: Well, I tweeted him and he didn't reply to me. I asked him how much money he makes in his work as a troll. <laughs> so I'm still wondering. You're still waiting for your answer. Yeah, what his what wage is he being paid to be a right, troll on the right, internet?
0: Right. So speaking of trolls, there is in in the gay thing and the Ebola thing and Christians, there is a couple that, as we've talked about, uh, Utah and Idaho both we're specifically going to be talking about Idaho right now. It's coincidental that Brittany and I are both fr- originally from Idaho, now living in in sunny southern California. There is a couple and the local news KBOI in Boise did an did a show, did a did a little news package on this couple who are driving around right now with messages on their vehicles anti-gay anti-homosexual marriage
1: on their jacked up uh super old spray painted camouflage cars
0: That's right on their
1: <laughs> I, you have to you have to get that in there right. it, with it says god's not dead on the window I mean it's just classic white trash Idaho
0: But the story there's more to the story than that and we'll talk about it after the news package
1: OTHERS ARE ALSO SAYING THE FEDERAL COURT
2: IGNORED THE WILL OF THE PEOPLE. DENNY HAWKINS INTRODUCES US TO ONE FAMILY WHO SAYS GAY MARRIAGE IS WRONG LEGALLY AND MORALLY. Well, NATALIE, THERE ARE CERTAINLY TWO SIDES TO THIS STORY. and I TALKED WITH ONE TREASURE VALLEY FAMILY WHO SAYS THEY'RE CHOOSING NOW TO TAKE A STAND AGAINST GAY MARRIAGE FOR ALL THE PEOPLE OUT THERE WHO FEEL THEY CAN'T DO THE SAME AND THEY'RE DOING IT IN A VERY PUBLIC WAY. It's a historic day for same-sex couples in Idaho, but Justin and Melanie C. say they're staying far away from all the celebration.
4: We can never accept public homosexuality. It's wrong, and it's wrong in God's eyes first, and he's very clear in the Bible.
2: The family says they live by the Word of God, inside and out. Inside, the Holy Bible sits front and center on their coffee table.
4: The Bible says that when homosexuality is publicly accepted, that basically it spreads like a cancer.
2: And outside, they're taking a more public stance against same-sex marriage in Idaho. This one, actually, at the high school right here, really offends people. The family says they're now being ridiculed for stamping these statements on their car windows.
4: We have a few homosexual extremists that cuss us out and get very angry with us and threaten us.
2: But the family says they're standing up for what's right and speaking out for others who are afraid to do the same. No one else is going to do it. We might as well do it, you know, start doing it. Hopefully other people will join us and, you know, follow us and do what we're doing. Even though same-sex marriage is now legal in the state of Idaho, the couple says they know they're not alone in this fight against it.
4: Most of this part of Idaho actually, you know, gives us a thumbs up, honks smiles, rolls down their window at stoplights and I says, like
2: your sign. you know,
4: we like your sign. We like that you're taking a stand.
2: The Cease's say that this ruling leaves no place in society for their family, but they do say no matter what happens
1: from here, they will put their faith and trust in God in order to move forward. Natalie. So it's Justin and Melanie Cease, S-E-A-S-E. Yeah. And they live in Meridian, Idaho. And... Which is where
0: Brittany went to high school, everybody.
1: Right. And I love how they're like, "Yeah, people love the sign. Yeah, I'm sure there's many people who are also right. hateful, that right. love the hatred that you're trying to well, spread.
0: It's also funny that he he categorizes them as homosexual extremists when is it so extreme to want to be treated equal? Is it so extreme to be want to want the constitution to apply to you in the same way that it applies to someone who is heterosexual? That's not extremist.
1: Right. And I'm sure not everyone that has had a disagreement with him is a homosexual because there's many times where people are on my campus at school holding signs against gay marriage and I've gone up to them and not been angry or cussed at them but just, right. you know, asked if they've heard that research where um you know, they put the device on their penis of, mm-hmm. the, homose- of the homophobic man, and then they react to gay porn. And I just inquire as to whether or not they think that their penis would become erect if they watched gay porn.
0: Right. Well, which is where the hashtag truth Wiener came from. Right. Which I think very well could apply to this man, to Justin Cease. We can never
4: accept public homosexuality
0: we can never accept public homosexuality and why is he talking about public homosexuality? so he can he can accept private homosexuality i mean is is that what he's saying we can never accept public homosexuality you're you're supposed to be in private with that like me
4: we can never accept public homosexuality
0: <laughs> are you are you a little uncomfortable?
1: Yikes.
4: The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollimore are solely those of Jesse Dollimore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Britney Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis.
0: All right.
1: I definitely think there is something to that research and to those people who are so opposed to homosexuality because like these this couple, I mean, they're sitting on the couch, they're holding hands, they're talking about the threat of homosexuality. It's not a problem. Just let people do what they're going to do. Right. There's gay people that are going to be out there anyway. Okay? It doesn't matter. And you can have kids and you can instill your kids with your values and raise them to be just like you. That's your right. No well, one's no one's going to interfere with that.
0: Here's the all they have to do is teach their kids this is the way we believe and this is the way we are going to live because this is the right way in the eyes of God. There are going to be other people who live terrible lives with which we do not agree. But we're not going to be a part of that. But in the world, there are terrible human beings who happen to be gay, blah, blah, blah. They can poison their kids' minds without driving around with fucking signs on their car talking about how God is going to kill homosexuals and it's an abomination and blah, blah, blah. Although... I rather appreciate the signs because it really lets you know who the assholes are. You know what I mean? Yeah, I it's, mean,
1: at least they're being honest about who they are, I guess. That's a positive.
0: Well, it's, it's positive because then you know, oh, I mean, if you see a guy with a camouflage truck, you might assume there's a possibility that guy is an asshole, but you don't really know it until you see the anti-homosexuality spray paint on the car.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the thing about this is they would be so offended if homosexuals were driving around with negative things written about Christians oh or God. Christianity. It would be a problem. Yes. But somehow it's okay because they it would claim- be,
0: It would be them being persecuted. We're being persecuted as Christians because they have their signs on their car. But it's not persecution against homosexuals because it's the word of God. Right. Ugh. So it does kind of tie in all this kind of ties in to um hyster- religious hysteria and but it, it it's a sideline issue to the hysteria around Ebola too because obviously you've got your nutter nutter butter pastors who are saying that it's god bringing this upon everyone but generally people are very uneducated and very easily scared about these types of quote-unquote plagues these types of pandemics and this really isn't even a pandemic yet Ebola and we took a look at a few things that are more danger if you were to sequester yourself into your home for fear of getting Ebola if you were to self quarantine your family there are many many things that would pose a larger threat to you Inside your own home than Ebola. So if you were to, <laughs> if you were to lock yourself in your house for fear of getting Ebola, you are more likely to die falling inside your house than you are to get Ebola. Roughly 6,000 people per year die because they fell down in their house.
1: From falling or from having things fall on them? Falling.
0: Oh, they okay. just fell in their house.
1: Okay, and this isn't just elderly
0: people? No, just 6,000. Wow. Uh, poisoning is the second leading cause of accidental home injury death. Wow. Yeah. 5,000 people typically per year die because they fucking drink bleach. Maybe they're trying to get the Ebola out of their system.
1: Is it really? like They ingest chemicals?
0: It's just poisoning. Wow. It says the second leading cause of accidental home injury death, poisoning, takes nearly 5,000 lives each year. And for young adults and people in their middle ages, it's actually the top cause. It's, it's kind of the Heath Ledger scenario, they say. Huh. Would you poison yourself? I guess that would be, I don't know if that would be drug, drug overdose or not, but...
1: Right. That seems odd. Uh,
0: number three... Home fires and burns. Yikes. 3,000 lives per year.
1: That's dangerous.
0: Not one single American has died from Ebola yet. Not one. But people are in panic over it. Choking or airway obstruction, about 1,000 lives per year. That's shockingly low.
1: Yeah, I've almost choked several times.
0: And then number five... (laughs) Oddly enough, drowning, almost 1,000 people per year drown in their own house.
1: Like in their bathtub?
0: Just, they drown. Wow. I don't think it's probably in their sink, washing their hair.
1: People need to take some swimming lessons, it seems.
0: So it just puts into perspective, like Shep Smith was trying to do on Fox News, you know, that over 50,000 people are going to die this year from the flu. And there's not mass hysteria over the flu. I think mainly because we're familiar with the flu we know about the flu we don't know about a bullet it's new right so
1: and people don't want to learn about it cuz it's new or don't or just read you know the memes that are being shared all over social media (laughs) Right, right right memes aren't factual just cuz someone creates a meme anyone can create a meme it's not all memes come from Stephen Hawking
0: I have created memes right that's
1: that perfectly (laughs) illustrates my point (laughs) And one of my favorite memes I've been seeing is it says more Americans have been dumped by Taylor Swift than have died from Ebola.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many has have been dumped by Taylor Swift? Oh,
1: I don't know. I thought from most of her songs, she gets dumped.
0: Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. Too. So I don't know. You know, she's just a... I wear t-shirts and she's a really pretty girl and I'm just a kid. And even though she's a six foot tall, beautiful very wealthy blonde Mm -hmm. yeah it's she's held down Ugh.
1: taking care of biz i have two stories for my segment of taking care of biz
0: i'm only gonna play the intro one time
1: yeah that's fine (laughs) although i do like hearing it um the first one is out of oregon a man in Bend, Oregon, his name's Eric Hale, and he's 45 years old. He won the $1 million Powerball jackpot last month. Wow. And what happened was he didn't get the Powerball number, but he got the other all, numbers. All the other
0: four or five numbers.
1: Five numbers, right. And he's been playing the same numbers for 20 years. Wow. And he finally won. And what's taking care of biz about this story is when he was a kid, he promised his brother that if he ever won the lottery, he would split it with him. And when he found out he won, his first call was to his brother.
0: That is awesome. To let
1: him know, guess what? I won. Remember, as kids, I told you that I was going to give you half. And guess what? I'm still awesome. I'm going to do that.
0: That is awesome. Yeah. Because he could easily have said... Yeah, we were fucking kids. I'm not going to fucking do that. That's dumb.
1: Right. But he kept his promise and, and it's he only, did it.
0: It's only a million dollars. So he's probably only going to end up with 700 grand or 600,000. Yeah. So, so he's giving away $300,000 and he's only going to get 300 out of his million.
1: Right. You just did all that math. That's great. You were almost completely correct oh, because right? <laughs> each brother is going to get $335,000. Yeah. After taxes, of course. And they already have plans for how they're going to spend their money. The winner said that he's going to take a 20-day trip to China, pursue a master's degree in clinical psychology. hey Wow. And invest some of his money. And then his brother is currently pursuing a doctorate, and he plans on paying off his student loans. And that's, that's all. Great. that's all he'll have money for. No, I'm kidding. Then he's also going to put a down <laughs> payment on a motorhome.
0: Well, at least... At least he's not going to invest in spray paint for his jacked up four wheel drive camouflage truck with anti-gay messages. Yeah. Thank God for that.
1: Yeah. Well, he lives in Bend, Oregon. So
0: there's weirdos there, too.
1: Yeah. They're mostly uh, (laughs) Whole Foods loving weirdos, though. Yeah.
0: Well, working on their masters and doctorates. Yeah, that's awesome. So what is your second? I'm teasing.
1: Oh, my gosh. I (laughs) I thought you weren't going to play it. Um, my second taking care of is, is a woman that was trapped for 18 hours after a car wreck was rescued thanks to her find my iPhone app on her iPad. Wow. And what happened was she crashed her car and she fell to the bottom of a 500 foot deep ravine. Her uh, family reported her missing when she didn't come home, thankfully. Yeah. And they couldn't find her, and they were trying to figure out what to do. The GPS system in her car couldn't pinpoint where she was to send a message to, to save her because she had fallen. Right. And so an officer that was called, his name is David Cameron, and he asked her family if the woman had an iPad or an iPhone that she maybe had at home that had a Find My iPhone app on it. And sure enough, she did. And it was locked, though. You needed a password to get into it. And he ended up getting into it within three or four tries. Oh
0: my god really? Right. Because her her password security was so terrible. (laughs) Right. It was like her fucking birthday or something.
1: I don't know what it was. He said that he is kind of a tech geek and so he was able to just get into it by using common password combinations. Wow.
0: So he hacked into her shit. Right. Wow.
1: But it ended up saving her life because in the iPad he went and found the Find My iPhone app and was able to pinpoint her location. He sent the picture of the map to the police department and they were able to find her vehicle 20 minutes later and they got her
0: that's awesome amazing yeah.
1: so that cop is taking care of biz taking
0: care of biz Wow, Off David David Cameron
1: Dave Cameron police officer Dave Cameron Oh, okay who broke into the iPad and saved the day
0: nice well it's another uh, heartwarming police story too
1: Oh, yeah, I didn't even mean to do that. Yeah,
0: so it's it's one more story of a policeman not being a total dick right, no, 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 and murdering no, no. someone Don't on the ruin street. my optimistic what? story. I'm not ruining See, it. See, you talk how bad
1: about the cops, I, and then I talk good about them. I'm saying how wonderful. I talk good about them.
0: I'm saying <laughs> how wonderful the story is that he didn't shoot no, her no, on no, no, sight. No, 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 no,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> he could have very well no, tracked no, her down. no, no, no. no. And fucking shot her 17 times in the head. Okay, this isn't a die-hard
1: movie. (laughs) Yeah,
0: well, or you mean on the streets of Ferguson, Missouri. Anyway. What what a
1: pessimistic guy you are. (laughs) Oh, wow, that
0: almost happened.
1: (laughs) You dick! (laughs) Oh, Spicoli.
0: (laughs) Listen, everybody, we're going to wrap up the show early today. Uh, It's going to be a a short Monday for you. We love you. Very, very much. If you're listening to this show and you're listening to my voice right now, we appreciate you very, very much. As much effort as we put into this show and as much research and fucking whatever that we put into this show, uh, it's nothing compared to the time that you spend listening because without you, there would be no us. I don't mean that literally we would still exist, but this show wouldn't fucking exist. So we really appreciate you. If you'd like to appreciate us back other than listening, there are a couple methods. One is dollamore.com up in the top right-hand corner. There's a link that says support the show in that link on that page. There's an Amazon search bar that you can buy a book or gloves and masks. To
1: protect yourself from Ebola. Yeah, and
0: bleach. You could buy all kinds of stuff that would protect you from the scourge that god uh, is laying down on us because of homosexuality
1: but be careful with the bleach because you could poison yourself
0: yeah because five thousand people a year do and we don't want you to be one of them because no we need all the listeners we can get yeah on that link there's also patreon.com a link there
1: and if you have 50 cents per episode to give
0: or 25 cents or
1: 25 or 5 cents yeah it's set, like the 50s yeah
0: set your limit it could be anything. We appreciate every little bit. It keeps us afloat, takes the pressure off us financially relative to hosting our files and everything else. Anyway, like I said, goddamn. We love you guys. You are the best, the most loyal audience. We appreciate you. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dallamore, and this has been I Doubt.
4: We can never accept public homosexuality.